Hey world, we are Citywide Church, creating the largest soul-saving effort ever seen right here in Bridgeport, Connecticut. We want to thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast. We would love to know how our ministry has touched your life. So if you have a couple of minutes, please send us an email at amen at citywidechurch.us. Also, if you would like more information about us or about how to support this ministry financially, you can visit our website at www.citywidechurch.us. Thank you again for listening, and as always, be encouraged and stay blessed. I'm happy to be here this morning because I love the season of Christmas, and I know that God is going to speak to our hearts and minds today. I'm not the kind of guy who preaches a typical Christmas message or or holiday messages, and I'm probably not going to do that today. I'll talk about Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, but I, I want to look at it from a different point of view. Amen. If that's all right with you guys. And I just want to be able to encourage somebody in this last, uh, last week before the new year. Amen. Let's bow our heads and let's pray really quickly. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence that is here. We thank you for our visitors. We thank you for the children's choir. We thank you for all that you've done for us, for we couldn't even repay you, Father God, but yet you lavish it on us. We ask you now that you would open our spiritual ears, that you would just speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, the church says, amen. In this season of Christmas, it's when the church of Jesus Christ has decided that we're going to celebrate and commemorate the day of his birth. And this is one of the momentous, the most rather momentous days in human history for When Jesus was born the first time, for the first time since Adam's sin, man had, somebody say, hope. For the first time, think about this, since Adam had sinned, man finally had peace. Because Jesus, the prince of peace, came down to save us. So it was what the angel spoke to Joseph, that the child that Mary carried was going to be one who would save God's people from their, somebody say, sin. I love the story of Jesus' birth because it leads to why we are here today. How ironic is it that on most birthdays you get a gift, but on his birthday he gave a gift. He gave a gift to you, he gave a gift to me, a gift that nobody else could give us. And so in the scripture that we're about to read, Mary and Joseph have traveled to a small town called Bethlehem because of a census that the king or the emperor had ordered. And a census is really just what it sounds like. They're recounting all the people. And in those days, you would have to go back to the place of your birth to be able to be counted in the census. And so they're traveling back to what is known as the town of David, Bethlehem. And we read in Luke chapter 2, verse 6. Luke chapter 2, verse 6. And while they were there, meaning Mary and Joseph in Bethlehem, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not. Look to somebody around you tell them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news. Of great joy that will be for all people. 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. It's important to notice that Jesus was born a Savior. He did not become a Savior. It was his birthright. He was born, somebody say, a Savior. It's also important to notice that Jesus was born unto us, unto you. He's talking directly to these shepherds. He's born unto you. It's personal. Wasn't just born unto Mary and Joseph. He was born unto you, a Savior. In the city of David, the town of Bethlehem, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was, a, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away... From them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And when they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger, and when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. In other words, when they saw Mary, they told her everything the angel told them about Jesus. And all who heard it wondered, at what the shepherds told them. Meaning that by this point, it wasn't just Mary and Joseph in the cave, as many believe they were in. Other people had gathered. Verse 19, but Mary treasured up all these things in her heart. She treasured all these things in her heart. I want to preach to you a message today simply titled, It is not what it looks like. Have you ever been caught in a situation where it's just really awkward and you got to tell the person, listen, it's not what it looks like. I can explain this. This is not what it looks like. I can totally explain why I'm in your office, in your desk. It's, I can explain this. I can totally explain why I have my hand in your wallet. I can totally explain that. Like there's a real good reason. And sometimes in life we get caught in these situations where you have to explain something and it's not what it looks like. Where Mary comes up pregnant and it's not what it looks like. I'm carrying a savior. Yeah, sure, Mary. Listen, it's not what it looks like. But sometimes when God gives you a word, it takes time for the word to come to fruition. And not everybody will believe until God speaks to them and opens their eyes. And Mary and Joseph have found themselves in this really difficult place where they have to give birth in a town where they are from but not living in. They're not home. As a matter of fact, the town is so filled, the Bible tells us in a few books that all the inns were filled. There was no place for Jesus to be, somebody say, born. You see, both Mary and Joseph had been told by God that she would carry this son, this long-awaited Messiah. But yet God did not tell them that they would give birth to this baby in a stable where animals lie. Some people think a manger is what they used to put babies in because we have seen the nativity scene for so long. But you might need to know that a manger is what an animal eats out of. It's where the food for a horse or a cow might be put and where a pig or something and they would come and they would eat out of this manger, this trowel. And Jesus, the Savior of the world, God in the flesh is in a manger. It's not what it looks like. And I know that Mary and Joseph were happy that Jesus was born, but I can't help but think that in our humanity we might question and wonder why things have to happen in 
the capacity they happen or in the place of our lives that they, somebody say, happen. We know by scripture, the Bible says that when the baby was born, it says specifically that Mary wrapped him in swaddling clothes. And that also tells me that nobody was there with Mary because if there was a a midwife with Mary, she would have wrapped the baby. And so Mary is giving birth to Jesus alone with Joseph in a manger. Maybe her only audience is a cow and Peppa the pig. That was a joke. She was not there. But there was nobody, according to scripture, nobody there. Because she wrapped her own child. This points to a lonely, lowly birth for Jesus. A humbling birth. And it's troubling because sometimes when you and I face troubled and humbled situations, we often might think that God is not with us. As a matter of fact, if somebody walked by that day, they might have thought that God was not with Mary or Joseph or that they were down on their luck. If there was a thing is luck, but there isn't because we have Jesus. They might walk by and say, well, those people right there need a little bit of help. Maybe they're a charity case, not realizing that they were carrying the very thing and giving birth to a Savior that we would all need. Tell somebody next to you, it's not what it looks like. As believers, we know and understand that serving God doesn't always mean an easy time with no suffering. Sometimes you might be just like Jesus, having to live in obscurity, to live in rejection, born into poverty. See, when God birthed Jesus, he wasn't obsessed with opulence or the things of this world. And sometimes you might face things in your life, hard times, Troubled times, difficult times, hurtful times. But those troubled times don't mean God is not with you. Because it's not what it looks like. Hardship isn't the evidence of God abandoning us. It might be the evidence of God refining us. Have you ever been to a place so difficult in your life that you wondered if God was still with you? You wondered and said, in our humanity, we said, I wonder if God still cares about my current set of circumstances and situations. You see, Mary and Joseph found themselves in a tough place. And nothing probably looked like they expected it would be. And it's, it, it's not what it really looks like in the moment. I know there's no way you can't tell me she wasn't happy with the baby. But I can only think that in her humanity, she might have said, really a manger? It's the best we could do for this child of God. That is being born. And what might have looked like a mess to Mary was majesty to God. And what might have looked like trouble was the beginning of triumph. For the eternal, timeless plan of God was unfolding and entering into time itself when Jesus came to be born of this virgin. Here's my first point for you today. If you're new here today, I preach with three simple points. Here's the first point. The sign of the promise may often come through the experience of a problem. The sign of the promise may often come through the experience of a problem. You see, because while Mary and Joseph are having kind of what we would think is a rough time in a stable, giving birth to a child by themselves with no one to help them and no place to lay their heads, let alone their baby, because he's in a manger. While they're having that experience, outside in the fields, there's some people called shepherds. And this also shows us that Jesus probably wasn't born in December because it wouldn't have been 
warm enough at that time of year to graze sheep at night. But here are these shepherds, and these shepherds are just minding their business, and the angel comes, and they get so afraid. And there's a, this is like a really, this Greek word is like they were really, really afraid. Like change your pants afraid. Like they're afraid. This, this is a striking type of fear in the original language. And the angel tells them, listen, don't be afraid. I come bringing you good news that will bring great joy for all people. For unto you this day is born a Savior in the town of David, the city of Bethlehem. And you would think that this good news would come at a time where it wouldn't cause pain for somebody else. And so Mary and Joseph are having one experience, but on the outside, the shepherds are having a whole different experience. And the Bible says that they were full of great joy. They were so excited. They said, we got to find this baby right now. we got to find him. We're going to go into every single, and, and, and this is what the angel said. This will be a sign to you. You're going to find that baby wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger. Now, understand that this is probably the only baby in a manger in the town of Bethlehem. But it might not have been the only baby born that night. And so God has to specify where his son is at to these, to these shepherds. And the angel says, listen, the sign will be, somebody follow me, the sign will be the manger. For, the, for Mary and Joseph, the manger might have been a sign of a problem. But for the shepherds, the same thing was a sign of a promise. And what looked like a problem to some people on the other side was evidence of a promise of God in the life of Mary and Joseph. And I want to tell you today that it's not what it looks like. And every trouble and hardship you endure is not a sign that God has forgotten you or abandoned you. Because some people might walk into your life and say, man, God told me I would have found the person with that particular problem. And they were the ones that were going to win this many souls. And they were the ones that were going to change this city. And they were the ones who were going to do this great work for God. It's not always what it looks like. It's not always what it looks like. And so these shepherds are told by this angel that you're going to find a baby who is in a manger. And what to us looks like humility and obscurity turns into prominence and majesty because now Jesus is being singled out. And although he's in a manger, he's still the king of heaven. He's still the savior that was promised, a long-awaited Messiah. And this would be encouraging to Mary and Joseph when the, when the shepherds come in and say, we were told to find a kid who is going to be in a manger. Because sometimes you can find encouragement in the midst of a problem. And sometimes you can find encouragement in the midst of tough situations and hardships. When somebody comes to encourage your life, say, God told me I would find you right here, right now, doing what you're doing, right where you're at. Don't be dismayed. God's still with you. Don't hurt because God is still loving you. Don't listen to the lie of the enemy. Don't listen to the lie of Satan because you validate the liar once you believe him. God's still with you. Tell somebody next to you, God's still with you. Mary might not have realized the prophet Micah in the Old Testament had prophesied that the Savior would be born in Bethlehem in Micah 5.2. But you will Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are little, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah. But from you shall come forth 
the one who is to be ruler over Israel, whose coming forth is from the old, from the ancient of days. A prophecy saying that Bethlehem would bring forth Jesus. And Mary and Joseph are walking in the midst of a prophecy, and it doesn't mean it smelled good. Doesn't mean it felt good to walk in God's will. Doesn't mean it was comfortable for your family when you're walking in God's will. Somebody understand what I'm saying to you, but it's not what it looks like. It's a lot better than what it seems at this moment. Because here's point number two, really simple. Jesus is good news and great joy. Jesus is good news and he's great joy. And the problem with Jesus being good news and great joy is that Jesus is good news and great joy because Jesus is a savior. And as the angel told Joseph, he's a savior from people's sins. And, 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 and this might be insulting to some people. So the shepherds were cool with it because they were waiting for a savior. But there was a lot of people who didn't realize their own sinfulness, maybe even you in this room. And so to walk up to you and you're celebrating Christmas, but you don't understand, you might be celebrating Christmas, but you haven't had a savior yet. You don't have an understanding and a realization that Jesus came as a savior. That's like giving somebody deodorant who doesn't understand they stink. Because they become accustomed to the stench of their own body. It's like giving an overweight person a diet book because you want to help them. They get insulted. What are you saying, Pastor? That the gift of God of Jesus is the biggest gift of humility that makes us humble ourselves and swallow our pride because we have to come to an understanding that we need him in order to accept him. And those who don't think they need him won't accept him. But if you accept him, he would forgive all, all your sins and, and you would have good news and great joy. But this is problematic for many because Jesus, you know, we think we're good. I wish I had an honest church. Maybe you're here today and you're just visiting because somebody's kid was singing. That's cool. But you need a savior. And Jesus is good news to you and great joy. Good news and really great joy. Because he's here to change our lives. He was there to start the plan of God for salvation. And it would take 33 years to be fulfilled. But nonetheless, he had a purpose. There has never been a gift offered that makes you swallow your pride to the depths that the gift of Jesus Christ requires us to do. Why? Because Christmas means that we were so lost and so unable to save ourselves that nothing less than the death of the Son of God himself could save us. That means something else. It also means that you are not somebody who can pull yourself together. It means that you are not somebody who can make it on your own. It means that you are not somebody who can figure out your sin problem. It means you needed a savior. But Jesus is good news because we received that savior in the form of Jesus. We received that, somebody say, great joy. You see, the message of Christianity is it really should be that things are so bad that we can't heal ourselves. And things are really this dark in our world that we needed a savior over 2,000 years ago. But that those living in darkness, a light has shined that darkness to this day has not comprehended and that it cannot stop. Jesus is good news and great joy. He's good news to all those who choose to follow him, good news. And he's true joy. Every other joy is a false form of joy. For the only true joy lies in fellowship with God. We have not understood or known joy until we follow Jesus. 
And this, is, this might be insulting to some people because it means that you need a Savior. And you might think you have it all together, but in that case, it's really not what it looks like. Because you are broken and hurting and lost without Christ. But God, in his mercy, it's not what it looks like. On your end, it's not what it looks like because you really do need him. On God's end, he's not trying to insult you. He's trying to save you. It's not what it looks like. There's a Savior here for you and for me. This is great news and great joy, even though you don't seem really, oh, my God, yes. Jesus is joy. Today should mark not just a day where you give gifts and you have fun. See, I'll tell you what Christmas is not about. It's not about family. And that sounds sacrilegious. Family's good. God gave it to us. But Christmas is about Jesus. Christmas is not about gifts. Oh, my God, cover your kids' ears. Earmuffs. It's not about a man in a, in, a, in a red suit. It's not about any of that. It's not about your favorite drinks. It's not about your favorite foods. It's not about all your favorite family traditions. It's about the fact that the world was dark and needed light. About your trees, not about your perfect skirt. And sometimes you get so upset when you can't buy the gifts. And you get so discouraged as a parent when you can't do what you want to do for your child. And not everybody's running around with a Jeep. <laughs> I kid. Got you back for that coupon joke. Praise God. But not everybody's able to do in this season. Sometimes this season might just be a painful season because you remember someone you lost and you want them really bad. And Christmas isn't the same without your mother, your brother, maybe your dad, whoever passed away that has gone on to glory. And maybe for you, Christmas is painful because everything it used to be. But yet, Christmas has always been about Jesus and about the fact that we've been given a gift that at the first glance might seem insulting. Like if somebody buys you a, you know, a body wash set, you, you might be, a, you should you might have a reason to be upset. Why did why, you give me the whole basket? <laughs> I see that you cut the basket open and you added a deodorant from Old Spice. Why? And an Oral-B toothbrush. Soft. Why? Is, there, is that Listerine strips? They don't sell that at Bath and Body Works. What is, what is the, why is this in my basket? And it might, like, honestly, it might be, have you ever given somebody a gift and they try to say, what are, you, what, are you, what are you trying to say? You know, you're being courteous, you bust out the gum because you wanted a piece of gum or a Tic Tac. You're like, do you want one? What do you mean? <laughs> I'm good. When you think about the whole framework of Jesus being born, it's, it's almost the same where, where you're walking up to somebody and saying, you need a savior. Like, what? what, what you, I'm good. I live a good life. I'm a good person. But we don't understand the fullness of sin. And the full problem that people have. But Jesus is good news and he's great joy to all people. And at first it might be insulting. I know for me it was insulting even when I was younger. When I fully came to God, it was like I was that young person sitting in a dark room and the light got turned on. Like, why are you turning the lights on? Why are you doing that? And I got to see for once in my life the truthfulness of God's glory and my lost depravity and my sinfulness. And my desperate need for Jesus Christ. But there was good news and great joy for me when I gave my life to him. Are you with me? The 
shepherds hearing such good news about the Messiah being born in their day and their time, they were filled with true joy. Some of them had been waiting for this Messiah, this Savior, their whole lives. Israel had been waiting for thousands of years for a Savior to deliver them from Roman rule, from oppression. But Jesus wasn't concerned with just governments and, and things of the physical nature. He wanted to deliver us from not only physical ailments, but a spiritual condition of sin. His work is far more reaching than anyone could have imagined. For he would pay that price of sin that opened the way to peace with God. And that's his true Christmas gift. That he opened the door for us to be accepted. The shepherds, armed with the knowledge that the Savior was already born, with this newfound joy and with this observation of peace that had come into the world for the first time, they were elated and they went to find Jesus. And have you ever wondered why God sent the shepherds? Have you ever wondered why God sent the shepherds? Scripture really isn't clear as to why God decided, hey, you angel, go to the field and tell those shepherds. Like, it's just not like, oh, that's why. And when I look at the story, I see the, the shepherds go to Mary and Joseph, who might have possibly, we don't know, they might have been in a rough patch. Because sometimes you can be in the promise and still be in a problem. Sometimes you can still be, you know, sometimes you can still have purpose and be in pain. I wish I had a real church. Some of you deep, I'm good. I'm walking and just every time I step, angels go, ha. Huh. I'm talking about real nitty-gritty Christians who understand like that life sometimes beats you down. You could be on the pulpit, but you could be hurting still. You could be praising God right here in the front row, but your marriage is still. You're still coming to church every week. Every, you're serving. You're doing all that you need to do. But there still hurts. There's still pains. I believe, you see, the angels went and they told Mary and Joseph everything the angel had said about Jesus. And Mary treasured, that's a key word. Here's point number three, really simple. The shepherd's confirmation was Mary's affirmation. Really simple. What it means is that the shepherds coming in confirming, yep, baby in a manger, this is it. And then telling Mary everything the angels had said. Everything. And her treasuring it in her heart. Knowing now, yeah, God is still with me. It was God's way of affirming Mary. That it doesn't matter the certain set of circumstances that are before you, I'm still with you. It doesn't matter what you're facing right now, Mary. It's not what it looks like. I'm still with you in the midst of trial, in the midst of trouble, in the midst of anything you might face. I am, this is my son. It is my glory. It is my majesty in this room right now. Confirmation and affirmation. You see, it, it works like this sometimes. That God will use you to speak to somebody else. And for you, rather for that person you spoke to, it's God confirming something in their lives. And then for you, it's like it's affirmation, God's still using me. You get it? 
confirmation and affirmation. Affirmation comes because God reassures us that we are still being used. We are still in the plan, in the purpose, in the way, and in the will of God. They would go and find Jesus and they would tell everybody what the angels said about him, about this good news of a Savior. And he was, they, they told us where he was and what he would be in. Could you imagine Mary and Joseph like somebody... Who's there? I don't know. You go check, you check. Cover the baby. They're going to kick us out. And I was looking around and, and is, that a, is that a baby in that manger? How'd you know? It's not what it looks like. We're not crazy. Trust me, this angel showed up to us in the field when we were just tending our sheep. And he said that the Savior, the Christ, the Lord, he had been born and he was good news and great joy to all people. Could you, could you imagine the affirmation that flowed over Mary and Joseph at that moment? Because it wasn't what it looked like to other people. Because even though it might look like one thing, God still sees it as it is. And in the midst of whatever you face, God's still there with you. His presence is still there with you. His glory, His goodness, no matter what difficulty you might be facing, it's so clear that she treasured these things in her heart. It says in the ESV, but Mary treasured up all, she just stacked it one on top of the other, treasured them up. Oh, that's good. That's good. Let me add that. Let me, this is good. Like God's affirming what he said to me when I was just a little girl nine months ago and he came to me and he showed up. The angel Gabriel came and he sent me a holy message. And nobody else believed me. And nobody else thought that I was being honest. And everybody else might have had a bad opinion of me and a bad view of me. But God had spoken to my heart. And I had agreed with the plan of God. And although my life was in pieces at the moment, true peace had come to meet me right now. When I knew I wasn't crazy, I wasn't having a crazy dream. And God really did speak to me. And I know that I know that I know that God is with me. I know I had a child out of wedlock, but it's, out of wedlock, but it's not what it looks like. I know my situation doesn't look good from the outside, but it's just, it's not what it looks like. I know I have some mess here, you little shepherds, but I'm telling you right now, God called me to a great call, and it's just not what it looks like. And you might face trials, and you might endure hardship, but just tell yourself for the rest of this year, it is not what it looks like. And there's better and greater ahead of me. There might be about 10 people here today caught up in some really tough life circumstances. I want to encourage you that today that you might be down. And the only reason you came because you were depressed. And I want to let you know it is not what it looks like. And God is still with you. And God is still on your side. And you are still surrounded by people who love you and care about you. Tell somebody next to you, it's not what it looks like. I know the baby's in a manger, but it's just, it's not what it looks like. There's a majesty in the manger. Angels singing about that manger. All of earth should rejoice because of what's in that. Everybody here might have a manger situation. You might have some things in what it should not be in, but yet God is still in it, and God is still using it, and he'll have a purpose for your life. It's not, tell somebody else, it's not what it looks like. Some people will never be able to rejoice about the purpose that God has birthed in your life because they don't like the process God used in your life. There were some people who would never think good of Mary. 
no matter what angel told them anything. There were some people who would never have a good opinion of Mary. I've been there, done that. There are some people who would never like you, who would never have a good opinion of you, who would never think God is using you, and that's okay because you don't have to worry about the purpose or the process God uses in your life. Because God could have used any type of, he could have had a different process with Mary. He could have waited until she was married. He could have done anything, but God's process was unique. God had a purpose. Not everybody's going to rejoice over what God's doing through you and in you and with you. But I don't understand why they got to do it like that. It doesn't matter if God is in it, just honor it. It was good news and great joy for all people. It's not what it looks like. I know God has his hand on your life, on my life, on our life. I know I got some issues and some problems and situations, but in the end, I know that I am walking in the will of God, and it's just not what it looks like. And every time I face a hard problem, I can't turn my back on God when things get rough and things get hard. I can't say, oh, this Christmas season is terrible because so-and-so isn't here with me right now, and they've gone on to glory, and I'm going to just walk around in misery now. It's just not what it looks like, church, and there's a greater thing ahead for you. It's not what it looks like. See, Jesus in the manger didn't look good. Now, today with the nativity scene, it's all cute, and it's like a perfect little-sized manger. This is perfect. This is, mangers are like six to eight feet long. It wasn't this perfect scene. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like, you know, nurses helping her and midwives. It was by herself, and sometimes you have to go through some things by yourself. And when you do, don't blame the church. Nobody with me. God, some things you got to go through by yourself. Some things God wants to build up your faith and your strength and your tenacity in God. You can't preach that today in church. They think, they think that you're supposed to just, no, come on. You got to grow up in Christ. You got to mature in the faith. Stand up on your own two feet. Paul says some of you should be teachers by now, but you're still on the elementary doctrines forgiveness and repentance and all that good stuff. You're just on the milk still. You haven't moved on. Man, it's not what it looks like in your life. You shouldn't be stressed out. You shouldn't be worried. You shouldn't have anxiety. You should be understanding and celebrating the goodness of God all over your life. Because he's with you. Tell, tell about three people. Find three. Son, he's with you. Find somebody you haven't talked to yet. He's with you. He's with you. He's with you. Elias, he's with you. Carl, uh, maybe you, I don't know. Praise God. See, you see, if we were to look at Mary nowadays, she would have been a problem child. But, man, we have a really bad knack for judging people for seasons of their life instead of the entire purpose of their life. But, man, God had a purpose for Mary and Joseph. And we see it now over 2,000 years later. Because of their obedience to God, all of our lives radically changed. Coming to know Jesus wasn't what it looked like. Jesus is good news and great joy. You should leave today with good news and great joy that whatever you're facing is not what it looks like. There is good news and there is great joy. No matter what you face, no matter what you got for Christmas, focus on who got you. Focus on that. Focus on Jesus. Don't focus on what you couldn't get somebody. Don't focus on who's not there. Focus on who is here that is Jesus. I can rejoice because the gift of God, which is Jesus, is in my life. And I'll fix my eyes on him, and I will trust in him, the gift of heaven, the prince of peace, 
For as the prophet Isaiah said, he keeps them in perfect peace whose eyes and heart are fixed on him. Would you stand with me this early afternoon? I'm going to say a prayer. We're going to be on our way today, and, and I hope you're going to have an amazing Christmas full of joy. But let that joy not be based on something somebody gave you, but a realization that God has given you everything already. That when God decided to buy you something, he decided to empty out all of heaven on your behalf. Amen. That when God did for us, he did it in a great way. He's here. Come on, would you bow your heads? He's here right now. He's here right now. If we could do anything, we could just take a few moments to honor him. Maybe there's some people here today and you don't know Jesus and you want to make a commitment to him and, and that's good. And I know some of you right now might think it's time to leave. Would you just stay where you're at? Would you just, just focus in real quick on the presence of God in the house today? Just give us a few more minutes. We're not done yet. Praise the Lord. He's here. Maybe some of you need a fresh touch. Maybe some of you just need to refocus and say, God, I've been focusing on all the wrong things and I want to focus on you. Come on, if that's you, just lifting your hand just in worship and honor. Lifting your hands. God, I'm focusing on your presence right now, your gift. I thank you for the good news and the great joy. Come on, come on, lift your hands if that's you. Come on, lift those hands. Come on, yes, yes. Father, we honor you, we praise you. We magnify you, Lord. We just want to worship you, Jesus. We just want to honor you. We thank you so much. For you are truly good news and your great joy. And we honor you and we love you. Come on, lift it up, church. Would you sing a song to him this afternoon? Would you begin to worship him? Would you push in for another minute? Push in right now. want to thank you again for listening to our podcast we hope you've been blessed by this sermon if you would like to share how god may have blessed you through this message please feel free to share your testimony on our facebook page at citywide church and while you're there like our page for daily updates you can also follow us on instagram at citywide church just a reminder if you would like more information about this ministry or how to support us financially please visit our website at www.citywidechurch.us we hope you tune in next week to our podcast. Thank you again. Be encouraged. Stay blessed.